Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You may also like. A show about the things you may also like. Things like Megan Patrick in the Mafia. The Buffalo Bills, best known for two things, their fans and losing Super Bowls. By the way, it should be pointed out that that team went to four straight Super Bowls. The Bills in their ensuing years had glimmers of hope, like in 1999, 2004, 2008, and 2014. They finally made the playoffs in 2017. Their fans are part of a growing movement called the Bills Mafia, a brand that has grown largely through social media videos of fans jumping from heights and crashing through tables. But on a whole, it's a genuine love for the Buffalo Bills. And they've got their share of popular fans. Probably the most vocal was the late Tim Russert from NBC News, he hosted Meet the Press and once used his airtime to say a little prayer. And so now it's in God's hands. God is good. God is just. Please, God, make three a charm. Our time has come. Go Bills. Oh, and there's also Wolf Blitzer from CNN. I'm CNN's Wolf Blitzer in the Situation Room, and here's my situation with the Buffalo Bills. I've always loved them. Why? Obviously, I grew up in Buffalo, but it goes a whole lot deeper. Some of the best moments of my youth were spent with my dad at Bill's Games. It was a very special father-son experience that I still cherish. We didn't have Other notables include soccer great Abby Wambach, Olympian Summer Sanders, actors Christopher McDonald, Bill Fitchner, Chad Michael Murray, Josh Lucas, also Chris Berman from ESPN. Hello, Bill's Mafia. This is the Swami, Chris Berman, in town for a short bit. Now listen, I'm not going to be here Sunday, so I'm going to leave it up to you to circle the wagons. This year is different. Hadn't it been fun? And now let me introduce you to another. Country music superstar, Megan Patrick. You might know her from songs like this. When the walls come down, in the and this. And this one, which landed her a Juno. Yes, Megan Patrick is in the Mafia. She is a dream date for any Bills fan. A trip to the Ralph with Megan, tailgating, music, barbecue, and football. Sorry, there's no kiss on the first date. And you're probably only going to get one date. I reached Megan in enemy territory in Nashville, Tennessee, where she showed up for the interview decked out in full Bills gear. So how did you become a, a fan of the Buffalo Bills? Um, well, my mother was born and raised in Buffalo, and it's just been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. You know, her whole family were hard, you know, hardcore Bills fans. And, um, you know, my dad became a Bills fan as well when, when he met my mom. And it was just... 
I don't know. There was, I think part of it for me, like even before I truly appreciated the sport, like when I was really a little too young to even understand the sport itself, it was the whole atmosphere around it. You know, Sundays was football day. And we sat on the couch, we ate chili, we hung out as a family. My mom yelled at the TV a lot. And, you know, and it was just like, I don't know, it was just, it it was like a tradition in our house, you know, Sunday football. And uh, yeah, I just have a lot of good memories. And then, you know, as I got older and started really learning the game, I just, I loved the game. For perspective, though, Bowmanville, Ontario, is on Lake Ontario. And I think that whole sort of geographical area, there's lots of Buffalo Bills fans in there. And I I think I read a stat many years ago. I'm not sure if this still holds true, but I I think it does, that 20% of the Buffalo Bills season ticket base comes from uh, Southern Ontario. Yeah, I mean, that would would make sense for sure. I mean, it's it's sort of the closest NFL team for Ontarians. So, well, it's funny because a lot of people, especially down here, a lot of people assume I'm a Bills fan just because I'm Canadian. And I'm like, no, I'm actually, I'm like a real Bills fan. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're all real Bills fans. But no, I'm like, I'm actually a fan because my mother's from Buffalo. And, you know, up until recent years, it wasn't something to <laughs> be all that proud of. <laughs> well, I wanted to touch on this because the last time the Buffalo Bills won a playoff game, you were eight years old. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, to and to be honest, like, I don't remember when they were good because <laughs> I was, I was so young, you know, I, I know it now. Cause you know, once I got older and got really into the game more and, and just really started loving the team. Cause I mean, even, even when we sucked, I just always loved the team. And I think a big part of that for me was the first time I went to the Ralph and went to a game and, ta- and did the whole tailgate. And again, for me, it was, it was an atmosphere thing, you know, it was a vibe thing. And I just, I just loved I mean, first of all, I love an underdog. I've been an underdog in my own career in a lot of ways. And, you know, I think there's just something really cool about the the loyalty of of Bills fans through all these years. And it's like, you know, it's become a joke for a lot of us. Like people used to tease me so much for being a Bills fan all these years. And, and I, you know, and I would always crack jokes and, you know, I'd say stuff like, well, I've already spent too much money on the merch and the jerseys. So I, I'm, I'm all, I've, I've already committed. I might as well just see it through, you know, and then it would be like, we would get certain players or coaches and you would see glimmers of hope and you would hold on to every little shred of hope and think, this is it. This is the year <laughs> you, as I'm sure you well know. Did you dress up just for me today? Um, Matt, I'm going to be honest with you. I have been dressed in like pretty much all Bills gear for like the last two weeks straight <laughs> because um so this was like a a huge moment for me actually last year you know I post a lot about about the Bills and especially on game day like and I actually don't really use Twitter all that much but on Sundays you will see my feed light up because I'm doing like running commentary on the game and it's been cool because I've like gotten all these new friends and like fans through the Twitter world through Bills Mafia like people following me and me following them and you know, talking about football and stuff. And uh, I guess somehow I I got the attention of the official Buffalo Bills page on Instagram and Twitter. And like, I remember the day they followed me and I was freaking out. I was like, Mitchell, the actual Buffalo Bills, like their whole account just follow me. This is crazy. And I was like fangirling so hard. And, uh, And then somebody from their social media team ended up reaching out to me and said, hey, Megan, you know, we love you know, watching your posts and everything, we'd love to send you some stuff. And I was like, are you serious? And they sent me a massive box of like jackets, hoodies, hats, like 
And Bill's Mafia takes care of their people. Like they hooked me up. So I've just been very proudly wearing all of my my gear throughout the last like couple of weeks. Being like, oh yeah, the Bills sent this to me. No big deal, you know. <laughs> well, last night you were doing an Instagram live and the Buffalo Bills Instagram account just popped in and yeah. said hello. No, be- we're, we're like basically best friends now. It's fine, you know. <laughs> what was that very first game that you went to? I think everybody remembers their very first football game. You said you went to the Ralph and you took in the whole tailgate mm-hmm. experience. Bring me back to that time when you when you get to Orchard Park and you're driving in. What happened? I try, you know, I I don't know if I can remember the exact year. I want to say I know for sure there was one of my favorite years I think was back in 2014 because I have I, I was actually looking through some old pictures the other day to post some throwbacks and I had I found this picture of me uh, on the tailgate in my truck with my guitar just playing for you know tailgaters and hanging out and uh, I'm pretty sure I can't remember it was it was home opener and I, I think we were either playing I can't remember if that year was Miami or New England um, but I do remember probably my favorite one. And I'm, I'm bad with remembering years, but I remember, I, th- I think we had beat Miami in home opener. And it was just like such an amazing vibe to be at the Ralph after winning a game. I mean, even even when we lost, it was it was still awesome. And it was still a party. But being there after a win was like, you know, it just kind of re-solidified your, your uh, belief in, in the, the team and, and the whole city and the atmosphere around it. Yeah, I remember that 2014 season. Doug Marone was the coach. Mm -hmm. The defense, I think, had Jim Schwartz, and they were taking apart teams that, you know, Mm -hmm. I just remember they manhandled the uh, the Packers later in the year, and I thought they were destined for something else, and then they went sideways into the Rex Ryan territory. Yeah, I mean, that, that, and you know, I actually, of all, of all the coaches, you know, that, that we've been through, like, during the, the years where I've really actually followed closely, I really liked Marone. He he was actually one of my one of my favorites. I mean, obviously McDermott has has m- very <laughs> has completely taken over that slot, but I, I liked Marone and I liked his his coaching style. And man, it, you're you're right. It was like that defense was so so strong, and we just could not put together the offense for so many years. We didn't have the quarterback. We didn't have the O line. You know, and and it was like there were a few glimmers of hope over the years with different quarterbacks. I mean, I loved Fitzpatrick. You know, when when he came in, um, and it's been interesting to see him. You know, and, and but it's the same thing. I feel like with with the Titans and with Miami, you see you see those glimmers of of greatness, but it's just it's there's there's you don't have the consistency and you don't have the wow like it factor like you do with someone like Josh Allen and you know and again speaking of underdogs you know Josh Allen has probably gotten more hate than than any other player I can think of you know at least in the last few years for the Bills and I mean look at those stats like look where he's at this year I mean he's in the top three quarterbacks in the NFL with Mahomes and Rodgers and quite honestly I mean if you if you look at the the stats he, I mean, his his rushing yards. He has a touchdown as a receiver <laughs> this year, and and you know it's like the the creativity the coaches have have used to to use all of the skills and and all the strengths of this team. I think has been amazing, and I think above all, you, the love is so palpable on this team. 
I mean, you can just tell that these these guys really love each other. They love playing together and they've got each other's back and they're excited and they don't get discouraged. They pump each other up. And it's just so amazing to watch, like regardless of of the stats. But the stats are nice, too. <laughs> How do you explain to people what the Bills Mafia is? Because if you're not a part of it, you don't get it. You know, I think I think the best way you can describe the Bills Mafia is like it's, it's a it's a collective of people that have been brought together by, you know, the love of, of the game and the 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 loyalty it requires to stick with the team through so many years of disappointments and frustrations and still say, this is my team and still wear the jersey, still wear the gear, still go to the game, still buy the season tickets and say, I love this team. I believe in them and our day is going to come. and we we celebrate the victories we mourn the losses together and it's so it's really like a family and it's just like i said it's been so cool like i never really used twitter i i never really cared about twitter <laughs> you know until i started i would go on during the games because you know and i started following some some broadcasters and you know sports journalists and stuff and it was cool for me just being able to learn some of the stats and like interesting things like that so i started following it for that reason because i really wanted to, you know, I didn't want to be the girl that didn't know what she was talking about, <laughs> you know? And so I followed it for that reason. And through that, and, start, and when I started posting things on my own, I just be, met all these friends and it was like weirdly just settled right into like being friends. I had a couple guys that reached out were like, Hey, like, I love your music. You know, I saw you post about this. And so I went and checked you out and you're awesome. And I told my friends about it, you know, so it's just been a really cool networking thing as well for me. I was at a conference in, in Toronto. Actually, it was Canadian Music Week. And somebody was giving a speech and saying that social media hasn't built any substantial brands except for the Bills Mafia, which I really believe has been built through Twitter and mm -hmm. social media. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I think part of the, the Bills Mafia, like why it's gotten so, so big and it's become such a thing is, is because I, at least for me anyway, it's like being a Bills fan for a lot of years was a very frustrating existence and uh, a very sad existence. But, you know, the, this idea that so many people still stuck with this team and chose to love it. It's like, it's like when you're, when you do that, you've got to be really vocal about it. Like you've got to go all in on it. And so, you know, and I think it was like also this idea of like putting this, this energy out there and looking for other people that felt like you and who were like, not entirely sure why I'm still loving this team, but here I am. Okay, I'm not crazy. You feel the same way. Have you ever thought about going through a table? I'll tell you right now, if if the Bills go to the Super Bowl and win, I will. Absolutely. That's a that wow. that's a promise. And my my parents are cringing right now if they could hear this because God knows they had a a, a very long list of hospital bills for me over the years. I was a competitive snowboarder, played a lot of sports. I was a pretty, pretty reckless all in kind of athlete as well. I, if you haven't noticed yet, I'm very passionate about everything I do, whether it's the sports team I love or the sports that I'm playing. So I've, I've had a lot of injuries, but I mean, that if the, if the bills win the Super Bowl, I mean, how could you not? <laughs> what were you thinking the day that the Buffalo bills drafted Josh Allen? Um, you know, I, it, it was tough. I was, I was kind of on the fence about it because you know, there were already a lot of people doubting and, and a lot of people that 
weren't happy with the decision. And I kind of like for me, because if there's one thing, I think one of the things I learned, like, for example, you know, EJ Manuel, like I watched him in, in the combines and I looked at his numbers and his stats and his athleticism and it was all there. But when he got on the field, to me, the 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 mental strength wasn't there, the ability to stay calm and like I used to always like my dad used to always tell me when I was in sports, it's like when something goes wrong or something bad happens, next play. You're you're done thinking about this. It's already over. Next play, next play. And I felt like he he got shaken in those ways and 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 he wasn't able to like put together the athleticism and the, and the strength that he had with with some of the mental aspects of the game. And so for me, I was like, I'm going to reserve judgment until I see him play. Because to be honest, I, I I never really followed a lot of college football, so I didn't I'd never actually watched him in a game um, other than just seeing his stats. And so I think for me. What made me like him was his his persistence, you know, and and I mean, I definitely watched him, you know, he, he got shaken and he made he made some big mistakes in a few games, namely some playoff games. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think there was just something about him that that felt like, you know, that that I related to. And it was this attitude of like, I thrive off of failure and I thrive off of people telling me that I'm not good enough and just watch me. And I mean, look what he, look what he's done in the last three years. I mean, it's it's crazy. I don't, I don't know of another quarterback that's made that kind of improvement and and become the player that he's become just inside of this year alone. And and I mean, and the thing that for me was like when I would look at what his weaknesses were, you know, he obviously he always had an arm. Now could he could he get it to the receiver? <laughs> Not always. He was he was overthrowing a lot. I think a lot of it was because he had this arm. You know the they were calling these plays where he was making these long throws because they, they knew he had the strength to make the plays, but he didn't have the accuracy and the consistency dialed in. So I also think in fairness to him, it kind of set him up for failure for these plays that he just wasn't ready to pull off yet. And, and I think, you know, and I also believe that our, our offensive line was not as strong and he wasn't being given enough time and enough protection to think through and, and make the plays. So you know, but I, that was one of my biggest things with him is like, man, if he can dial in that arm, that's going to be huge. And not only did he dial in the long game and, and his arm, I mean, his, his rushing yards, like he's just, and I, I, I feel like Josh Allen will go an extra five plus yards than any other quarterback when he's running with the ball. Like he just is not scared. He's fearless. And he, I've seen him take big hits and he just gets right back up. Like it's nothing. And I, I love a big, tough quarterback. What's been your saddest moment so far as a Bills fan? The the game that just got away, the one that you were just deflated. Uh, I got. I mean, there's, there's been a lot. There's been a lot of those. Um, but I, I mean, the first one for me, it was uh, the game against the Titans this year because, well, as as most people know, Mitchell is a big Titans fan, and I mean, and and look, we we both probably would say the same thing, like. I, I like the I love the Titans too. I mean, Derrick Henry is is phenomenal. I mean, he is so incredible to watch. And you know, I live in Nashville, so we we go to a lot of games when you are allowed to go to games. So I'll cheer for the Titans unless they're playing the Bills. When they're playing the Bills, it's like we we are like mortal enemies. And it was really really hard to watch that game in a room full of Titans fans and just watch it slip away. Now, granted, we had a lot of injuries that week. Um, especially in our defense, which which is why they were able to put so many points up. And, you know, I, I don't know what it was. It was just – we just had a, a bad game. And, you know, and then we had the game against Kansas City. 
which was like in the pouring rain. And man, I, I remember I was like about to watch the game on mute. I was so mad at the announcers because it, it was like Josh Allen, you know, throws a pass and, and messes it up. And they're like, oh, God, terrible throw by Josh Allen. Really don't want to be doing that. Just terrible. And then Patrick Mahomes does the same thing. And it's like, well, yeah, you can see the weather's clearly a factor here for Mahomes in this game. And I'm like, I'm sorry, is it only raining on one side of the field? Because I think we're both playing in the freaking rain. And it's like against the, the freaking Super Bowl champs. And I was like, Get out of here, man. <laughs> I think it was Troy. I think it was Troy Aikman, maybe, actually, who said that. Of course it was Troy Aikman. Oh, well, it was funny because my, my manager actually knows Troy because I, I said something to him. You know, I always talk to him about football, and he said, I know Troy. And I said, and I, I forget what I said to him. Probably something I should say on your podcast. And I was like, well, you let him know that I said that, and I'm pissed at him. <laughs> and to quit picking on my boy. I just want to make you feel a little bit better about both those games in that you know, the coaching staff for the Bills, because there was a COVID protocol going on, they were looking at having to move one of those games. And the NFL basically said, you're either playing Tennessee or Kansas City, and we'll let you know. Like, how is a team right. supposed to prepare for They're, they're different teams. So I, I, I'm i not worried about either of those no, losses. I'm not either. We're 13-3. and three. I'm not worried about any of our losses. I mean, the Arizona game, God, like that, the, the Hale Murray, I mean, that's just – it's a it's a thing like you can't who would have ever thought, you know, that that would happen. And I mean, to be honest, as as heartbreaking, like absolutely gut wrenching as that was right in the final after the Bills pulled off a huge miracle play and then you get the Hale Murray and it was like, what? And it's almost it was almost hard to be mad at it because it was just so spectacular. And I was like, you know what? I'm looking at it this way. This game is going to go down in history. I mean, they're going to be playing clips of this game on, you know, ESPN and, and Sports Center for years to come because, like, what a what a crazy game. So in that sense, I was like, I'm just happy we we're a part of that game because people are going to talk about this for a long time, and it's going to be a part of history. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko, and I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. You kind of answered this, but I'll ask you to expand on it, and that's how does your love of the Buffalo Bills land in Nashville. 
well, the funny thing is you think most people here are Titans fans, which a lot of them are, but there's also so many transplants in Nashville. Cause there's just, you know, it's a lot, it's an artist community. So there's a lot of people from, from all over the place. I actually have quite a few friends that are from Georgia and, uh, they, they, <laughs> They've texted me over the last couple of weeks, like, man, rough year for Georgia sports. <laughs> and, and they said, Megan, can we, can we be Bills fans now for the rest of the year? I was like, absolutely. I am tired of watching games with a bunch of Titans fans in the room. But, um, I found, I found a few friends that are, um, that are Bills fans. And I mean, I haven't, there, there are, uh, like Bills bars you can go to and watch the game. I haven't, I haven't been doing that because of COVID. I've been just watching at home, which is tough because, I don't always get the Bills games here, so I have to find, you know, good streaming links or whatever because um, we, we don't have cable anymore or the NFL ticket. I mean, it's just so expensive for, like, to watch one thing a week, you know. So it's funny because I've watched the change over the years when I would tell people I'm a Bills fan. People just be like, really? Like, oh, that sucks. Like, your team sucks. And I'd be like, oh, tell me something I don't know. Like, listen, there is nothing you could say to me that could hurt me more than how the Bills have hurt me <laughs> over the years. You could cut, you could not cause me any more pain. And now I just love getting the respect when people see that I'm a Bills fan and they're like, man, they look good. Josh Allen, man, he's a stud. And I'm like, yep, that's right. And I, I, I went to the grocery store actually the other day and I was like fully decked out in all my Bills gear. And uh, some dude in a Titans hat, he came up to me and he was like, he's like, I hope you're ready to get your ass whooped by the Titans in the playoffs. And I was like, nah. No, I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. We're not losing to you twice this year. That's, that's for sure. And he goes, and he said, you're still mad about the Music City Miracle? And I said, let me tell you something. You remember the tackle? Well, that's what it's going to feel like when you when you meet us in the playoffs. Have a great day. <laughs> he just looked at me like, like jaw dropped. <laughs> like, how dare you bring up the tackle? I was like, well, you're going to bring up the Music City Miracle. <laughs> that was also a forward pass. Yeah, Mitchell, well, Mitchell teased me the other day. He said he was going to get, I don't know, some like blown up picture of the Music City Miracle and put it up in our, in our living room. And I said, yeah, you go ahead and do that. It'll make some, for some nice kindling in our next bonfire. <laughs> Have you gone back and watched any of the old games from the nineties? You know what? I, I would, I haven't, I would love to. I don't even know where, like, where would you find that kind of stuff? Like, is there, there archives or how, how do you, cause I would love to watch some of the older games. YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I mean, not like I don't have all the time in the world these this past year. <laughs> I don't know. I'll see if I can fit it in between my day drinking and evening drinking and changing of sweatpants and, a, you know, getting the Postmates and Uber Eats from my front step. I'll see if I can fit it in. What was the one game in the last few years where you saw the game and said, these aren't the same old bills? This is There's something here. It's happening. I mean, there's like, I mean, to be honest, like the last three games of this season, you know, we've just been on a roll. I mean, gosh, that game against Miami, I almost feel bad for them, but I don't. And I almost felt bad for Cam Newton when we, when we crushed the Patriots, but I don't. I think for us, like, especially that Patriots game, you know, obviously it's been a, a long, long rivalry with, with the Patriots. The Patriots have absolutely dominated our division for, I mean, how many years now? 18. Too freaking long. That's how many years. And for us to have that victory. And I, I think the biggest thing for me was there's been plenty of times, you know, over the last few years, like even over the last five or six years where the bills would like suck for three games. 
and then they would go and win a game against a team that they had no business beating. And you're like, whoa, okay, like we're, we've got it figured out now. Like this is great. And then they would play a team the next week that they should have beaten and would get destroyed. And you're like, what is going on here? <laughs> like it was just so frustrating. And I think it was like when you would watch those games where they would win, even though they were winning, like you knew that they weren't really winning. It was like a series of events that led them to get some lucky calls or some some lucky plays, some lucky breaks, or the or was the other team's error, and they would just slide in that win. And a win is a win, but I'm watching a team that is winning on all fronts now. Like it's not happening by accident. Everything, every move they make is intentional. It's on purpose. It's thought through. I, I feel like everybody is all these all these players are laser focused on each other. They are truly playing as a team in a way that I, we haven't had, you know, in the, in the last few years and before Josh Allen. And I have to, and you know, everybody loves to give all the credit to to the quarterback, which you know I, I get it. But he, you can tell he he's their leader. They they respect him. They look up to him. You know, I forget who it was. I think it might have been Deion Dawkins had said something about. He said, you know, a lot of times in football, the the quarterback is kind of he's kind of separate from the team. He's like sort of put up on a pedestal and he's like the quarterback and he kind of does his thing. And then the rest, you know, the O-line does their thing, whatever. He said, it's not that way with Josh. He said, we're, we all hang out. We're all friends. We all love each other. He doesn't, he doesn't put himself apart from us. You know, he wants to be right there with us. And I think it shows, I mean, it shows the, that they trust him. I mean, I just like Diggs and, and Josh is and Josh Allen. It's like the most adorable friendship ever. I'm obsessed with it when they do their post game interviews. Like they practically skipped off the field together the last time. And I'm like, this is amazing. I, I'm obsessed with this. What'd you think, by the way, when they uh, picked up Stefan Diggs in the offseason? I was so excited. I mean, so excited. But I think, again, it's like, <laughs> I'll be honest, like, you know, my, my first thought was because I mean we've we've had some players like McCoy for example you know I was super excited when we got him and then it just kind of fell through you know it just it just didn't happen and then you know and then there was I think I think I I don't know if I've ever really forgiven Buffalo for letting go of Marshawn Lynch that one really really hurt first of all because I bought a freaking jersey (laughs) And so I was mad about that. And, you know, and then he goes on to win Super Bowl with Seattle. And that that was that was a tough pill to swallow. And so, you know, when we got Diggs, I was like, man, just fingers crossed that he's a player I think he is. And also that he's going to get along with the team and that and that it's going to be the right fit. And I think there's no question that that him and Allen have created a, you know, a connection and a chemistry that's just undeniable. And that's something uh, we have not had that in a very long time between a quarterback and and receivers and and running backs. I mean, we've had good players, but I I haven't seen that type of chemistry in a long time. Where are you going to watch the game this weekend? And who are you going to allow to watch the game with you? <laughs> so I actually um, I, I'm going on a writers retreat this weekend with a couple of my my girlfriends, and uh, so usually what we you know we would usually write twice on the Saturday in the morning, and then later in the day. And and none of the girls that I'm going with are really big football fans, so I was like, can I just like request like a couple hour break at one o'clock approximately on on Saturday? Because I was I was actually pissed that our game was on Saturday. I was hoping it would be on Sunday because I'm going to be back on Sunday. 
So uh, I'm, I'm going to be at this awesome lake house with some of my best friends writing songs and hopefully watching a, a win. I mean, not hopefully we're, we're going to win. Absolutely. I'm not worried about it. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm really glad that we didn't end up playing the Titans just not because I don't think we can beat them. I know that we can, but just for the sake of like another week of domestic bliss here between Mitchell and I, because if we, <laughs> when, sorry, not if, when we beat the Titans in the playoffs, it's uh, it's gonna it's gonna be lonely in this house for me for a little while. I think. <laughs> What's the one team you don't want the Bills playing in the playoffs? I don't know because I mean, obviously, Kansas City. You know, they're they're great. I mean, Mahomes is great, but I think we could beat them. I really do. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not that that scared of it. I think it's more just the people, the teams that aren't in our division or that we haven't had an opportunity to play yet this year. Um, you know, those are the teams I'm, I'm scared of, of facing once we get through the, the division. And, you know, just because we haven't played them yet and I, and I don't know what our offense and our defense looks like up against them. I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you know, he's probably going to be MVP this year and I've just, I've watched them play. And I mean, they're, they're fantastic, but I don't know. Maybe maybe this is the the Bills fan in me that always you know kind of has higher hopes for the Bills than they deserve. But I think they deserve it. I really I really really do believe in this team, and I and I think you know especially for for you know Allen, the skills are there, the skills are honed in, the athleticism is there. But what I think he has this year versus previous years is the the mental fortitude, the the ability to not give up until the, the last second is off the clock. I mean, we've talked many times over Twitter about fourth quarter Josh Allen because there was a period of time there where, for some reason, that third quarter would just, like, go to hell, and then fourth quarter Josh Allen would show up and, you know, and, and save the day. And I just – I don't know. I believe in a team that believes in themselves, and I, I think – I feel the energy within them, too, that I think they believe in it for themselves, too. And I think, I think that's important. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm, I'm actually excited for them to face some of the toughest teams in the NFL. Cause I really believe that they can, they can rise to the occasion. And, and I think this could be the year, you know, we've lost a lot of haters, but there's still a lot of haters out there and I just can't wait to prove them all wrong. Have you ever met any of the players? Um, not any of the current players. Um, I, I did get to meet Thurman Thomas, um, and Jim Kelly, I don't know how many years ago it was in Toronto when they had a, they had a game in, in Toronto. And I like, I mean, I have met some of my, some of the biggest country stars you can think of. And I, I keep it pretty like, you know, chill. And I was fully fangirling when I, when I met Jim and, and Thurman, I mean, they're just like legends. And I think part of it too, is like, even within country music, like the biggest stars, they're, they're not so, they're, they're not, so unapproachable because it's like part of my industry now. And, you know, especially through Mitchell and going to award shows and stuff, I've been around some of those people more, but like in the sports world, that's so out of my everyday life that it's like, i really do get kind of fangirl about it. <laughs> what are some of the cocktails you've been making during the pandemic? Because I know you like whiskey. Yeah. Um, cause now you're starting to get into the mixology of it all because mm -hmm. you've got a lot more time. Yeah. Well, cause usually Generally speaking, when I'm drinking whiskey, I don't um, I don't mix it. I usually just drink it straight. May, depending on what it is, I might throw a little ice in there, but I generally I just prefer it neat. 
because um, I, I don't like mixing it with like pop, like Coke or anything like that. I mean, the sugar just kills me for the hangover and it's just good whiskey doesn't need any of that crap. But I actually, I did a, a couple friends and I went up to Gatlinburg a few weeks before Christmas and did this live stream for Old Smoky Moonshine. And uh, we ended up going to, well, first of all, they have these, these moonshine cherries, which are amazing. Cause if I, if I am doing a whiskey cocktail, I usually go for an old fashioned. That's, that's kind of my go-to. And, uh, so I got some of those and I've been mixing the boozy cherries into the old fashions. And then I, we went to this restaurant while we were there and it was, they had a bunch of really cool cocktails and the guy came to the table and he had like this, um, like a wood plank and he had chopped up some pecans and he lit them on fire, let them burn a little bit until they started smoking. And then he blew out the fire and they were smoking. And he put the glass over top of the pecans on the, on the wood and he left it there. And you could see the smoke just, and he called it smoke washing. And I was like, this is amazing. Cause I mean, I, I love grilling. I love anything smoky. And I was like, and I tasted this old fashioned. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever had. So I immediately was like, I have to figure out how to get this. I like went on Amazon, bought myself a little torch, a little culinary torch, got the, <laughs> the wooden board. And I got some like different flavored wood chips that you, and so it's just like a little setup and it's got a little ring around it that you can stick the cup in. So it kind of really seals it. And yeah, that's been my go-to just, uh, doing, doing the smoke wash. I'm fancy like that, you know? I'm going to be barbecuing, setting up a little tailgate action in the backyard. What do I put on the barbecue before the game? Ooh, well, um, I've actually, I've been doing a lot of growing over quarantine. I, a friend of ours got us a, a green egg as a housewarming gift when Mitchell and I bought this house about a year ago. And uh, my, my go-tos, I mean, first of all, you got to have hot wings. I mean, you already know that, but you, you can do that in an air fryer or whatever. But my my favorite go to and like if I want to impress somebody or have my friends over, um, I make ribs. My dad has this recipe. They're like a maple glazed rib. They're phenomenal. And that, what I actually been doing have Have you ever heard of the sous vide? Absolutely. Cooker? Yeah. So that thing. Well, I mean, and I didn't realize this. I mean, all the the best steakhouses and restaurants use these for their steaks. That's how I because I, I used to you know do my steaks on the grill. Now I sous vide them and then I just sear them in a cast iron pan, you know, just to get a crust on them. That's what I've done with the ribs as well. I, I'll sous vide them, you know, if I've got the time, sometimes I'll let them sit in there for, you know, 12 hours, but usually I can do it for four or five hours. Um, and I, and then I put them in the marinade and then I put them on the grill basically just to caramelize the sauce and get, get a little bit of char on it. And it's phenomenal. So if you want the recipe, I'm happy to send it to you. It's, it's a crowd pleaser. Well, I'm glad that 2021 is here and that uh, the bills are doing well. It's something for us to to look forward to. But I understand it must be really, really hard for for you as a as a singer, songwriter, performer to not be able to go out and play in front of uh, your fans. Yeah, this is this past year has by far been one of the most challenging years of my life, and just I mean, so, for so many reasons. I mean, you know, first of all, 2020 was like the year for me, you know, in terms of what I had planned for my career, in terms of, it was like, I was finally getting to that place where I was like, okay, it's happening. It's go time. You know, I signed my U S record deal 
And so, you know, this thing that I'd, I'd worked towards forever, I was, I was nominated for a Juno. I won a, my first Juno. <laughs> and I mean, nobody can take that away from me. It's an amazing honor and I'm, I'm so proud of it. But, you know, I'd be lying if I said that it wasn't a little bit disappointing, I guess, that I was sitting in my living room, you know, in sweatpants when they announced it. It, it felt not as big. You know, a lot of girls dream about what their wedding day is going to be like. I dream about what it's going to be like to to win a, a Juno or a Grammy and have that moment to walk up on the stage and say your thank yous and accept the award, go to the after party, talk to the press. Like it's a whole thing. And so it, uh, yeah, you know, and I didn't want to be bitter about it because I still won and it's still amazing, but I felt a little bit robbed of the moment. Beyond all that though, I mean, what I love the most about what I do is touring and being on stage. It's why I do everything else. I mean, it's just, I can't explain what the feeling is like when I'm on stage and it's like just this, this adrenaline rush. And I'm, I just, I, I have a moment every single time I'm on stage, even on shows that where things have gone wrong or, you know, it's not been my best show. There's always at least one moment where I just close my eyes and I'm like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And this is the happiest I've ever been. And there is nothing else in the world that can give me that feeling besides being on stage. And so I'm really missing that. I'm missing that connection with my fans. And also I have not built for the domestic life. I hate being in my house every day. First of all, I'm realizing when you live in your house all the time, you got to clean all the time. I mean, God, I can't keep this freaking place clean. I feel like every time I turn around, there's more things to clean. And it's just like, and it's, I can't like the monotonous, this whole thing of just day after day, just having nothing to do, it drives me insane. <laughs> and it's been really tough trying to keep my, my mental health in check and, you know, trying to spend every day looking for the silver linings and being grateful that things could be worse. And, you know, I have my health and this and that, but like, it's really tested me. It's really tested me. And I'd like to believe that there's a purpose behind it all. And, and you know, that I'm going to come out of this stronger. And I mean, not that I ever took my job for granted, but I, I certainly will appreciate it so much more um, when we do get to go back to shows. But I think, I think the biggest thing was the amount of time I got to spend being creative and writing songs this year. Cause normally I don't have that kind of freedom and that time to just sit down and, and write because I'm on the road all the time. So I I do feel like I've written some of the best songs in my life in this last year. So there's a silver lining. <laughs> well, I can't wait to come see you perform. Yeah, me too. You know how I'm going to be dressed when I'm, if you don't, if you do not come in Bill's gear, I will not, I will not allow you at the show. And if you do come, you got to let me know. Cause I will wear my Jersey on stage. Absolutely. I love it. Megan, thanks so much for, for doing this and go Bills. Go Bills. Thanks for listening to You May Also Like. You may also like our website at youmayalsolike.net. The show is produced by Evan Serminski and built for your ears by everyone at the Sound Off Media Company. everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker 
It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.